Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Family Church. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. Hey, um, who remembers what this, like, the, the, the uh, series we're doing this? Yes, you can just yell it out. Yes, hashtag not so perfect. That is what we've been working on. Um, now, I'm very sorry because you guys have to hear me two weeks in a row. Last week was impromptu. This was the one that I was supposed to do. Um, okay, thanks. I love you too. Uh, so this week is, because we're splitting off from the boys, it's hashtag, well, it's not hashtag, how to be, it's just how to be the perfect woman. Now, what do you guys think of when, I, when you hear the word like perfect woman? Has anyone, does anyone like have, have an immediate like person come to mind? Oh, who, who, okay, I love you. It's not true at all, but who, who said that? You can have Kit Kats. I was not hinting for that. And I'm clearly not perfect because I can't throw a Kit Kat. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think of? Like, yell it out. Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> Solid. You're fire. <laughs> what else? There's no, what's that? Beyonce. Beyonce. I feel like, see, I'm just <laughs> terrible. Well done, Taya. Beyonce. It's like, if anyone's going to come close to the perfect woman, she may be that. Um, anyone, Taylor Swift. Who else? Emma Watson. I don't know who that is. Okay. Do you know who I kind of like, sometimes it comes to mind, I know it's a little bit cliche, but I kind of think of Mother Teresa because she was like really amazingly beautiful. But do you know, it was a trick question. Who wants the last Kit Kat? No, she doesn't want to. <laughs> I'm, blur- I'm throwing blindly because apparently I can't. Okay. There, I can think of a lot of amazing women, but what makes the perfect woman? Like, is it, is it the career woman? Is it the Beyonce, like the famous singer? Is it the entrepreneur? Is it the soccer mom? Is it the missionary? I can think of so many incredible women that come to mind, but I can't think of any perfect ones because, like, is anyone here perfect? No. No. Me neither. I'm, you ask Josh and he'll tell you just how imperfect I am. And that's because the perfect woman doesn't actually exist. So this title is an ironic one. Now, I just want to start by telling you a little story. Um, it's from the Bible and it's about two sisters who were quite different. And Jesus, like they were mates of Jesus. And so Jesus has had, he's had a pretty rough week. And he just wants to go and hang out with his friends. And so he turns up at their door and their names are Mary and Martha. So Jesus comes to their door and, and they're so excited to see him. Like, you know, not only is he their mate, but he's Jesus, right? So he's like the saviour of the world and all of that. And he's in their house. And so Martha just goes into task mode. She's like, oh gosh, Jesus is here. I've got to go in the kitchen. I've got to get all this stuff sorted. She's putting on the roast. She's getting the hors d'oeuvres out. She's putting the nice cheese on the cheese board. But like whatever the really old version of that is. I don't know how you, I don't know how they hosted back then. What she's, in, she's in the kitchen. She is completely distracted. She is doing everything she can to make the perfect meal because Jesus is here. Meanwhile, her sister Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet and just listening to him, listening to him tell her all about his day, all about his week, all about the stuff that's been going on. I don't even know what they were talking about because I didn't actually say. And then Martha just, like, you, you know when you, do you ever have that thing where you're like, oh, this is just not fair and you're like, and you're loudly doing things because you're angry, like just really passive-aggressively like, banging the saucepan in the, in the kitchen and she's shuffling the things and looking at Mary and just getting more worked up and she's getting really angry. And then she comes over and just lets him have it. And she's like, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? She's not doing anything. Tell her to help me. Doesn't even wait for an answer. Just like, don't you care? Tell her to help me. She's not, she doesn't want an answer. And then Jesus replied, 
You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I can kind of relate to Martha sometimes because I can get into that task place and I can be like, you know, like when we afterwards, we've got to get the chairs done. And sometimes I can, you know, I can be a little, get a little bit frustrated when people aren't helping and why they, you know, can, you, can anyone relate to Martha a little bit? Like, can you feel like, oh, this, this seems a little bit unfair. And, you know, do you ever feel like, can you relate in the, not necessarily in doing a task thing, but just in life where you're just, you're worrying about the things. There's so many things that you need to think about, that you need to try and do for people to like you or for you to feel successful or like you're a, a good woman, girl. What does she think of me? What, is my friends th- what do my friends think of me? How many likes did that photo get on, on Facebook or Insta? How am I, are my clothes on trend? Am I, am I looking okay? Did I put on a little bit of weight over winter? Yes, <laughs> is the answer to that one. Uh, does that boy think I'm hot? What are my friends saying about me? How am I going to do on this exam? What will I do when I finish school? Will I ever have a boyfriend? Am I going to have a career? All of these things. Can anyone relate to the things that you worry about and that you're trying to do? Yes, thank you. Me too. I could go on and on about all the things. that, Je- and, and I think that's what Jesus is talking about as well. He's not just literally saying, stop, stop cooking me dinner. He's going deeper than that. He's saying, you're worried. You're always trying to do things to impress me. You're always worrying about the things, but you don't need to. Don't you know that I love you? Whereas Mary is the one who chose to just sit at his feet. So how does that actually translate into real life? Like if you, if you, choose to, if you follow Jesus in this room, how, do, how does that actually work? And if you don't follow Jesus, just stay tuned because um, hopefully you'll hear a little something about him that might make you a bit curious, might make you want to come back. Um, for me, spending time with him, like that act of like sitting at his feet, However that looks for you, like some, some, some people it might be reading the Bible, uh, some people it might be just praying in your room or outside going for a walk, it might be singing songs, worship songs at the top of your lungs or quietly in, your car, in the car, or, or I, I do it in a car, um, it might be sitting in silence for a little bit, or it might be journaling, writing stuff down or drawing, but it means setting aside time to just sit at Jesus' feet and let him tell you who you are rather than letting all of the things tell you who you are and let him tell you how much he actually loves you now I was writing this talk like I've written this talk and I was reading a book to my girls um, earlier this week and I actually was the most perfect analogy for what I wanted to say and that's because this author is much more eloquent than I am so we're actually going to do something a little bit weird and because we all know I'm the mama bear of this place and I love you girls and I love my girls, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the story. I know, right? It's true story time. Um, but I thought just to make it a bit more fun, because you don't want to just be read a story because you're not two and three and five and six. Wait, how are my children? Two, four, and six. <laughs> um, so I called Laura earlier this week and was just like, "This is what I want to do. Can we make something happen?" So can you please give it up for the drama team who have pulled this together? So quickly, they are going to be my live storybook as I read you the story. So we're all ready for Tree's story time. (laughs) Okay, so the Wemmicks were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodworker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village and each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes. Some were tall and others were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats. 
but all were made by the same carver and all lived in the village. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmicks each Wemmick had a box of golden star stickers and a box of grey dot stickers. Up and down the streets all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. The Wemmicks have been instructed to only give leaders dots so that we don't make people feel bad. This is not a direct reflection of you. The talented ones got stars too. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still others knew big words or could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some Wemmicks had stars all over them and every time they got a star, it made them feel so good, it made them want to do something else to get another star. Others, though, could do little. They got dots. Punchy was one of these. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then when he tried to explain why he'd fallen, he would say something silly and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots, he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something silly, such as forget his hat or step in water, and then people would gather, give him another dot. In fact, he had so many grey dots that some people came up and gave him dots for no reason at all. He deserves a lot of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchy believed them. I'm, I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. But one day, he met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots or stars. She was just wooden. Her name was Lucy. It wasn't that people didn't try and give her stickers. It was just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucy for having no dots, so they would run up and give her a star. But it would fall off. Others looked down on her for having no stars, so they'd give her a dot. But that wouldn't stick either. <laughs> That's the way I want to be, thought Punchy. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucy replied. Every day, I go to see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out for yourself? Go up the hill. He's there. And with that, the Wemmick who had no stickers turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me? Punchy cried out. Lucy didn't hear. So Punchy went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around, giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go and see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. Punchy thought to himself, I'm not staying here, and he turned to leave. But then he heard his name. Punchy! The voice was deep and strong. Punchy stopped. Punchy, how good to see you. Come, let me have a look at you. Punchy turned slowly and looked towards the large ginger craftsman. <laughs> you know my name? The little Wemmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. Hmm. The maker spoke thought thoughtfully as he looked at the grey dots. It looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to f defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No. And you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're Wemmicks just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchy. All that matters is what I think. And I think you're very special. Punchy laughed. <laughs> Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I ever matter to you? Eli looked at Punchy, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders and spoke very slowly. 
because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchy had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no marks, said Punchinello. Punchy. I know. She told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly, because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come and see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchy off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchy didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. Give it up. Thank you guys, you are amazing. Now I'm assuming you all have got the symbolism of the book and what this is trying to say. And I just thought it was such a beautiful way of explaining how we live and how we are constantly trying to do the things and worry about the things and give each other stars and dots and compare ourselves to each other. But I, have, I found this amazing quote and it just, it just was the perfect um, way to explain this, this, this book. And it says, comparisons make you feel superior or inferior and neither serve a useful purpose. Having the stars isn't necessarily a good thing and having the dots is certainly not a good thing. And if you want to start to live your life in a way that if you, and you don't want other people's marks on you, sorry, I've, can I encourage you to just start this practice, to find time every day, even if it's just two minutes to start with, to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm meaning metaphorically, obviously. To go and sit with your maker, to go and sit with Eli in his, work, in his workshop and let him remind you that you are perfect in his eyes and that's all that matters, that he loves you and he has great plans for your life. You don't need to worry about the things because he has got you and he doesn't make mistakes. See, the more you do this, the less other people's stars and dots are going to matter to you and the more you will feel confident in who you are and confident to do the things that he's called you to do. And if you are in here and you've never heard of Jesus or you don't know him, you don't have any kind of relationship with him, that is totally fine. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you're having a, a great time. You are always welcome. You don't have to believe to belong in this place. But can I just tell you that he actually, he still wants to know you. He's, he's sitting in that workshop just hoping that you'll come and see him. He wants to tell you how much he loves you and that no matter what you've done or how many marks you might have, that he loves you and he can make you whole and clean and perfect again. He can make all those dots fall off. And he is the only way and only he has the power to forgive all of your sins, all of your mistakes, all of your stuff-ups, all of your dots and your junk. And he wants to tell you who th he thinks you are. And that's perfect. So if that is you tonight, can I just encourage you to just keep coming along. Keep checking this out. Keep just being open. Maybe give it a go. Have, go at home. Like there's literally nothing you have to do to pray. It's just simply talking to God and, and just see what happens. You know, you might want to come and talk to me or one of your leaders about, about Jesus and about um, the difference that he's made in our lives. Uh, you might want to stay for face down and just experience what it's like. That face down is literally just us sitting in, at Jesus' feet, sitting in the workshop with Eli and just enjoying his presence.
um, and just keep coming along here to youth and to church and see what it's about. And if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are someone who um, who comes regularly and who has a relationship with Jesus or, or has decided that they want to have a relationship with Jesus, can I just encourage you to take that time? You don't have to try. You don't have to do all of the things. You don't have to get stuff right every time. All you need to do is just go and sit in the workshop with your maker, spend some time with him. If you can do it every day, it will make such a difference to your life and let him tell you who you are. Don't let other people's stars or dots tell you who you are or define you, but let your maker be the one who tells you who you are in him. Thanks, girls. Thanks for listening to this message from Gateway Family Church. We hope you join us again for another great message next week. For more information or to contact us, head to gateway.asn.au.